What's up, everybody? It's a Friday, and we're still locked in the closet. Okay, people. Listen up. We need to talk. I tell you, gentlemen, we have a problem on our hands. Surely you know that. But, okay, okay. Just in case. I'm... I'm talking about... Corona. 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 Corona! Corona. The issue which you are to decide is the crucial issue of our age. And the stakes? Life or death? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. What? What problem? What's the problem? There's a lot of fake news out there. It's a hoax. It's a result of media hype. Everything's blown out of proportion. It's no big deal. Whatever. However. Put aside your personal feelings. Whatever your political ideas are, it's irrelevant. This is real. You understand me? Hi there. Hello, Dr. Mann. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am great. Hello, everybody. My name is Ryan with the Atexmo Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Christine Mann. She is a doctor here in our local area of Round Rock, correct? Or do you service other areas? I My uh, office is actually in Cedar Park. Okay. Okay. So not too far from where we recorded the studio. That's correct. Well, today we are, as you know, we are doing the Locked in the Closet series where I am not literally locked in the closet, but I'm in my closet at my house trying to social distance and whatnot since we can't be in the studios. And we are following the guidelines the best that we can, as most people are. We know that there's some out there that aren't, but we'll get to that. So today we wanted to actually talk to someone on the front lines. And we've had the doctor over before because she's also running to unseat John Carter in our district of TX31. So hopefully that goes very well. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, he, he did win by a slim margin to MJ Hagar, who's running to unseat John Cornyn in the Senate. Yeah. So we definitely have some women power going forward this year in Texas. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. So, doctor, I am going to let you just take over the floor and explain everything that you think is important with the pandemic of the COVID-19 virus, what you know, what you're seeing, what you're not seeing. And I just want to start off the show with congratulations on getting on now this politics. That is, that's huge. <laughs> well, uh, I've got a great uh, calm team on my campaign and uh, we worked really hard for that. And uh, thank you for, um, you know, pointing that out. And I encourage everyone to go watch it because um, it's a, a, video that has a lot of information in it. And I've actually put out quite a few videos about um, COVID-19. They're available on my website at Christine, the number four congress.com. But if, uh, if I were going to kind of give a synopsis here, there's a couple of points that I really like to make to people that helps to give people an understanding about why we're seeing what we're seeing with this virus. And one of the things that I tell people is that when you send your child off to preschool or daycare or kindergarten, we all remember that they would come home sick time after time after time. Uh, every germ that they encountered, they would get sick from and they would um, bring that home. And we are all kindergartners right now. Uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. I mean, the reason your kiddos get sick when they go off to daycare is because they've never encountered those germs before. 
well, none of us have encountered um, this form of this virus in the past. And so we are all susceptible to it. We all have an immune system that hasn't recognized this virus before and has to learn how to fight it. Uh, and that's why we see such high infection numbers. That's why we see it pass so quickly. On top of that, this virus has, through genetics, has learned that it can infect multiple people. It, it actually has a higher infectiveness rate than the flu does. Wow. Uh, the flu, yeah, the flu will infect. Uh, if you have the flu virus and you're tre- shedding it and passing it, you're going to infect about one to one and a half people. The coronavirus is about two and a half to three people for every person who has that virus and is sending it out into the community. So okay. it, it, it very quickly passes person to person and very quickly passes to multiple people, uh, none of whom, again, have that immunity built up. We don't have a vaccine to give you to build immunity. And we don't have medicine to, to give you to help you fight it um, in those early stages. So um, we're all kind of naked uh, when we go out and, and encounter this virus. And when we're, when we're talking about flattening the curve, it, I think something that a lot of people miss is that ultimately all of us are going to uh, almost certainly encounter the virus and about Anywhere from 20 to 70% of us are going to get sick from it. Most, most doctors are thinking in the 45 to 50% range. Okay. Eventually, we'll have some sort of illness from coronavirus. And the, the idea is that we need to make that happen over a very slow period of time so that the people who get the sickest can get help, number one. Number two, so that we can have time to, to develop a vaccine to prevent some people from getting the virus, right? And number three, so we can prevent the, uh, so that we can um, develop those antiviral medications to give people in the early stages. That's that's a lot of what flattening the curve is about: is to give researchers, researchers and scientists, time to ramp up their tools to be able to to fight the virus. So, if I may, I actually made a post today on Facebook to where I wanted to kind of, because I try to keep up with the happenings of what's going on locally, statewide, federal. Everyone knows that I am more politically and just more, more engaged when it comes to national topics. And this thing is really hitting home. And the one thing that I see is people trying to figure out what's the big deal. And if I had to make, just put my thumb on it, The reason that we're social distancing is like the doctor said, is that we don't have a vaccine for it yet. So we need to give the professionals time to a come up with the approved vaccinations to where we can start knocking this down, but B also to give them time to address those that are coming into the hospitals and requiring ICU visits, ventilators, respirators, or just to be seen to give a pass or a fail. So the reason that we're social distancing is so that we can give the healthcare industry time because time is of the essence when it comes to something like this. We kind of just got off the Ebola outbreak not too long ago, last year sometime, if I, if that's correct, uh, Dr. Mann? I, I think it was about two years ago, but yeah, it, it hasn't been that long ago. Okay, so and then and you kind of see this year after year. And of course, there's 
the tinfoil hat crew and the conspiracy theorist that says, well, every time there's a presidential election, there's this big pandemic with H1N1 and Ebola and SARS and MERS. It's just, <laughs> I mean, you can throw a dart and hit a conspiracy theory on the dark web. But <laughs> th this this is real. This is a thing. And, you know, I understand. So the last time that I was out, we were at Come and Take It Live. We probably had 75 people there the, in the entire venue, maybe a little more than that. And it was right before all of the major events started shutting down, specifically South By. That's when I knew, or I guess I started to pay even more attention is when South By got canceled because that's just, that is a huge deal. And here at the ATX Mail Podcast, we like to focus on the local music scene and whatnot. But we also like to keep you up to date with what's going on generally and this falls under those guidelines so that's again why we have dr christine mann on today talking to her so can you just give me a perspective or a little peek into the window of your day-to-day -day? because you are still a practicing doctor correct yeah that's correct so my day starts out with reviewing data that has come in overnight uh, in terms of coronavirus checking in with my campaign staff and, and, of course, getting ready to go to work. And then I spend my day at work treating patients, and I am one of the designated coronavirus testers at the office, meaning we share that responsibility, myself and another provider, so that we can group those visits together. And when I gear up with all my protective equipment, I stay in that uh, gear for the two or three hours that I need to do the tests that we do. And that way I don't have to take all of it off and then re-put it on and take all of it off because putting on your protective gear and taking off your protective gear are the two most risky times for self-infecting yourself. So could, could, could our, you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Could you explain why those are the most risky times? Yes. So if you don't put it on properly, then you leave gaps in your covering and gaps in the protection that you have to prevent germs um, and the virus from getting onto your mucous membranes, which is where the virus uh, attaches before it infects you. Um, if you're not properly covered and it gets on other surfaces, specifically on your hands, and then you later touch your face, you can reinfect yourself. If you don't cover your hair properly, the virus can linger in your hair. So it's a multi-step process to put your gear on properly. And if you don't do it properly, you have gaps in your protection. And then when you go back and you take it off, if you don't take it off properly, you can touch your body, touch your clothes, touch other um, surfaces, and leave viral particles on yourself or on those surfaces that you then infect yourself. So gearing up and gearing down, there's specific procedures um, and a process that you go through to do that and do that properly. Um, and those are the times where people mess up. So we have created a protocol where the person that is doing the coronavirus testing that day gears up, stays geared up, does all the tests, and then just ungears one time. I can, I can attest to this because uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, we had to be properly fitted for gas masks and PPE so that in the event of chemical warfare, we were properly clothed so and, and equipped. Yep. And one of the things that I remember is, ha is, is that facial hair was a no-no when it comes to a gas mask. 
Yep. And that is, but under those circumstances, you do not want anything getting into your gas mask that can harm you. So that's why you need an airtight seal. There's a procedure for putting on a gas mask, don and clearing and all that fun stuff. So when it comes to these face masks, the ones that are being made at homes, the N95, the KN95, what mm-hmm. is your best advice for those listeners right now? Because I know the caveat is that Every state, every count, it seems everybody has a different policy and procedure right now. So going forward, face masks, what are the, I guess, highlights of wearing the face mask? Because there can't be too many cons. Right. So I'm going to tell you the cons first, because I want to get those out of the way really quickly first con, and this is documented in the medical literature, is that sometimes when people wear a face mask, they tend to put themselves into situations that they wouldn't have if they didn't have a mask on, meaning they don't practice social distancing as as completely as they should. They see that mask as a uh, very strong layer of protection, which unless you're wearing an N95, the regular mask, the homemade masks, they provide some protection anywhere from, um, you know, 10% protection for the worst of them up to 60% protection for, for the best of them. So if you use that mask instead of strict social distancing, you're not doing yourself any favors. Makes sense. The second part is removal of the mask. Just like I was talking about donning your uh, protective gear and taking off your protective gear, when you take off that mask, you cannot touch the mask itself. You have to just touch the ear straps or the straps in the back, and you use one hand or one finger, and you put that mask immediately in the trash, and then you do immediate hand sanitizing. Your trash can and your hand sanitizer should be right next to each other, so you can immediately uh, clean up. Um, and then the third point is that the virus can get in your hair and in through your eyes. So when you only are covering your face, uh, your mouth and your nose, you are not covering many other skin surfaces that you could use to um, auto infect yourself. So yes, masks provide covering and they provide um, help, but you cannot just rely on the fact that you have a mask on uh, to put yourself in harm's way. So those cons are the things that that worry me the most about this all-over push for everybody to wear a mask, most specifically that it's going to be used as cover to say, okay, we can all go back to work now. The uh, pros I, was, of the, I was just going to jump ahead. in there. Uh, on, uh, yeah. What I think also is a con is mm-hmm. that these are one-time use, and that's why there is such an outcry for yeah. we need the N95 masks for the people that are in the environment where this virus exists. I know that going to the store and the gas station and wherever, technically that is considered the environment, but you Mm -hmm. yourself, you are directly in contact with people that are asymptomatic, symptomatic, or actually testing positive. So the, the requirement for your PPE is a one and done kind of situation. And so I feel that that is a con in a sense, and I'm sure you know, years or months down the road, we'll come up with a solution for multiple use PPE. But let's get to the pros. What are the pros? Yeah. yeah so the pros are that, um, you, and you kind of touched on this, is 
uh, asymptomatic people can be spreading the virus. So masks work best if the person who is spreading the germs has it on. So if we all are potentially infected, but we have a mask on, then fewer of those germ particles get out past our nose and mouth and into the environment. They get trapped to a degree inside that mask. They're very useful if you're going to be in a closed space for a period of time. So, for example, there really isn't a need to wear a mask if you go out in your own backyard by yourself and you're not having a party back there. Um, yeah, no parties. Words, you, yeah. <laughs> no, no parties. <laughs> you, you don't have to wear a mask when you are by yourself in an outdoor environment, but trips to the grocery store, especially the way I'm seeing people do grocery store trips, which are completely wrong. Um, (laughs) I can see you walking through HEB or Randall's just like in a death death spiral. Like, no, I am. I'm glaring at people like people are acting like it's a normal day at the grocery store store and taking their time. And you you should not be doing that. You should be in and out as quickly as you can, getting only the things that you need. Have your list in hand when you go, grab your stuff, get out. But if you're going to be in the store, then that is a a perfect um, example of when a mask would be useful because people are not social distancing as much as they should be. So any any opportunity where you're in a, a, a semi or completely enclosed place with other people, that is the that is the prime time for when you should be using your mask. Gotcha. So I could only imagine that, like I said, when you're walking through the store or just in your day to day life, you view things through a different lens as far as making sure that folks are doing what is required to keep safe and keep others safe. (laughs) And one of the things that kind of ties in to all of this is that you are running for the House of Representatives, the federal House of Representatives, not the state, but on the federal level to unseat John Carter and TX31. And I know that misinformation is huge. I have been guilty of sharing misinformation, but I also like when I get called out, when someone says, Hey Ryan, that's wrong. The data is wrong. This is wrong. Or, or they just generally don't dis they just generally disagree. I'll take the time to go back because the people that I follow and the accounts that I share from, I personally have done my homework and I guess research to make sure that the information that me as a person is putting out is in line with what's actually happening versus like I said before, the tinfoil crew. So Mm -hmm. what is your message as a political candidate and not a doctor going Mm -hmm. forward up until, cause I'm on your website right now, right in front of me. And I see that the May 26th primary runoff for the elections has been postponed until July 24th. And I guess we could say that that's also kind of a toss up at this point, but that's just the pre-selected date. So right. as a political candidate going forward, how how is the campaign going, A, and B, what is the message from the campaign about this situation? It's really challenging because we uh, in America are losing a 9-11's worth of people every two days to this virus right That's now. That's crazy. That is crazy. 
it is. And in the political world, there are a lot of people who are just going about politics as usual. Hey, we need to be getting our message out. Hey, we need to be fundraising. Uh, hey, have you you know bet your, met your benchmarks for your campaign? And I find that abhorrent. Um, I, I, we are working to reach people in other ways than traditional campaigning because this takes precedent. This, um, this disaster that we're dealing with takes precedent. But um, I will say one thing that I'm not doing, and that is I am not missing words in my disdain for how this administration has handled this disaster. Um, it is an abject failure. Uh, it is a moral, ethical, um, just complete disaster and, and loss of life that was completely unnecessary. And I will not stop saying that until there is accountability, which I don't expect there's ever going to be accountability because there never is. So sad. Um, yeah. So through my campaign, um, you know, every every piece of information that I put out is geared towards correcting the misinformation that people are hearing from the president and his um, group of advisors. And there's a, just a couple of people up there that you can kind of rely on. And a, a lot of people give Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks uh, a lot of credit. But quite frankly, I think that they could be stronger in countering the misinformation that the president is putting out there. And I, I'm going to continue to be a resource through my campaign for giving people the actual information that they need. So it's completely different than the type of campaigning I was doing before. And we've had to make major adjustments with my team on what we're doing. But um, that's that's just what you do when you are uh, either in a leadership position or, or trying to attain a leadership position. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can edit this out <laughs> later if, if need be, but what is your take on Bernie officially seceding with Biden looking as the nom for for president for the Democratic Party? I posted about this the other day because I know what it's like to have invested your heart and soul into a campaign and then lose. I know what it's like to have put all of your time and energy into causes that you believe in and have those uh, that that effort that you have put into it rejected by voters because that was me in the last campaign and it, it's it's I was just horrible. gonna say for those that didn't know she ran she ran two years ago for uh, against MJ she lost you didn't lose by much I will say you guys put on a really stellar campaign <laughs> yeah I appreciate that and now here um, you are did, yeah but I did lose that runoff and it was. It was horrible and it was heartbreaking. And so when Bernie Sanders stepped down, I had so many people in my life and so many people in my circle who were so invested in that campaign that my message was, we need to allow anyone who was invested in that campaign time to grieve because that's what you're doing when your candidate loses. You are grieving. (laughs) You, You are. I, along with a lot of my friends, I actually was the person that had to break the news for some people because 
as as I've been running the podcast over the years and my social life, kind of like you being a doctor and also a political candidate, there's there's this interwovenness of both lives mm-hmm. to include your personal. So mm-hmm. whenever I post something from my personal page, that's a totally different group of people that see it versus from the podcast. And I actually had to yeah. break the news to some people that Bernie officially stepped down. And just to see the comments underneath it, there's there's a lot of like you said, there's a lot of pain. There's a, you know, my guy didn't make it because of, mm-hmm. and like I said, throw a dart at the map for, because the DNC didn't want it or because mm-hmm. Biden was this or Bernie didn't do good enough here. So, I mean, you, you're going to, you're going to look at, yeah. you're going to find something to cling on to and just run with that. But, yeah. you know, I, I am happy that the, uh, that the ideals and the policies that Bernie has been running on for as he is probably one of the best representatives of of the people that I have seen ever since I started paying attention to politics because there are no or at least there's none that I have found there's no real skeletons in the closet like Trump ha- Jesus Christ we there's <laughs> like I don't I don't want to turn this into a political you know tyrant but but every but it's it's crazy. It's just crazy that he has right. turned the president has turned the daily coronavirus briefing into a makeshift Trump rally. And it and it's just just sir, you appointed Vice President Pence, who you know may have not may he did falter when he was running um uh shit Illinois. Right. Uh, Indiana. Uh, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Where, where he had an AIDS outbreak and you can look it up. Just look up Pence and HIV outbreak. I'll let you do the homework. Yeah. But, you know, he's the point person. So why is he constantly up there saying this and saying that and saying this and saying that? Like whenever a couple of days ago when he in one in the same sentence or not the same sentence in the same hear, uh, hearing God, <laughs> the same press briefing, <laughs> he said that he was going to cut funding to the WHO. And minutes later, a reporter said, so you're cutting WHO. Oh, I didn't say that. I, who said that? We were going to look at it. We were going to look at it. So the fact that he says one thing and then minutes later either denies it or tries to change the narrative, I feel like that's that's doing a lot of damage to the American people, whether you support him or not, because he's up there saying one thing, then the other, and then goes on Twitter, fires off a third iteration of of what got said so how does the man campaign for for congress go when that's the person that you and and let's just be real that's the person you might end up having to deal with yeah uh you know it it, it's mind-boggling to me that that's where we are at as a country and (laughs) yeah uh yes (laughs) Um, but, you know, again, the reality is, is that uh, I feel that my job as a healthcare provider, as a physician, someone in the medical field, someone as a scientist is to, um, I, I, it's like I'm playing whack-a-mole every day with all the <laughs> soft things that are That's coming up. And I'm going to keep doing it. You know, it, it, it doesn't stress me to do, to do and say, hey, that's wrong. That's false. That's, that. All day long, I have to tell people things they don't want to hear. That's my job. So, so you're not afraid um, to stand up to, 
I, I mean, essentially, let's just go theoretical here. You win, you win TX31. Actually, not theoretical. It's going to happen. You're going to win TX31. Yeah. <laughs> and now the theoretical part is if Trump gets reelected again. So you're yeah. saying that you're not afraid to go to him and say, listen, Mr. President, this is what's happening. What you're saying is wrong. Put me in coach. I am <laughs> yeah, put me in coach. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, you know, the thing that I feel like I'm going to be the most helpful with is Katie Portering, the healthcare executive, Lord and Jesus, the pharmaceutical executive. Katie, I cannot wait. If you and Katie Porter got to that, that lady is like AOC left field. I did not know who she was until I started seeing her on, for example, now this politics, which you're featured yep. on as of late, the, when she pulls out the whiteboard or tells a senior executive, I wrote this book. So let me tell yep. you how it works is <laughs> so impressive. It is so mm -hmm. impressive when we have, a, I don't want to call them establishment politicians, but when you have people that come from lobbying firms and whatever, like, you know, Secretary Mnuchin, he's from Goldman Sachs. You can read into right. that what you want, but it's good to have people that have, for example, you, it, real contact with the people that you represent. And you are yep. going to carry that voice and that message up to Washington and let them know, listen, I'm here to fight for the people that I represent. And as far as I know, you represent Williamson County and Bell County. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So for all of the people that are listening right now, whether it's one or a thousand or a million people, if we can get the message across to one person that, or, or uh, we want the message to go out as many as we can, but Dr. Christine Mann is going to take your, your complaints and your grievances to heart. And she's not just going to cast you aside she will take that fight up to the lobbyist and the establishment and so on and so forth. I feel like I'm on a yeah. soapbox right now and I'm sorry, but I feel, I no. really, I really believe in your campaign and what you guys are doing. And I really hope the best for you in the future. So as we round out the show, where can people find information for your practice and your campaign? So my practice is in Cedar Park. It's Northwest Diagnostic Clinic. And uh, like a lot of women, my name professionally is different than my name personally. So at work, I'm Dr. Edie, spelled E-A-D-Y. Uh, professionally, I'm Dr. Christine Mann. And my website is Christine, the number four, congress.com. Really, though, if you Google me either way, I'm going to pop up. So people who are looking for my office website, run into my campaign website all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty. I've been there before. <laughs> so one thing that I would like to note, uh, as far as her website, when you go to christineforcongress.com, big old banner at the top that says click here for COVID-19 information. And I'm just going to read briefly just the first paragraph and then you guys can read the rest. But it says, with our, with our country facing a pandemic and many folks wondering what the next day brings, it is now more important than ever for folks to know where and how to get the help and information they need. That's the first, that is the first sentence when you click the banner at the top. So that just automatically lets you know that this, her as a person and her as a campaign and everybody that supports is here to help you out. We're not trying to lead you down the 
path of, I'm not even going to get into hydroxychloroquine because I don't understand it fully, but it seems a little shaky. I know that it's an antiviral drug for malaria and a couple other things like lupus, which we could chat on down the road. But it, it, it just goes to show that the doctor here is handling COVID-19 at the best level that she can at the, you know, she's being supported by a handful. Who are your supporters real quick? Uh, you mean my campaign staff? Campaign staff. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, just generally who is helping the, the, the practice and who's helping uh, the, the, the campaign. Well, you know, my practice is the same people that I've been working with for the last 10 years, Northwest Diagnostic Clinic. And my boss there has been very, very supportive along the way. And, doesn't get mad at me when I have to cut out an hour early to go beyond, uh, you know, a radio show or um, <laughs> do, do a meet and greet or whatever. So that's been fabulous. You know, my campaign staff, um, my campaign manager, Jaquita Wilson, she has been with me uh, since the uh, first campaign. And we just have a fabulous relationship. I could not ask for a, a better campaign manager or cheerleader. And she has rounded out my team. With a group of women, uh, it's a it's an all woman campaign team, which you can read about wow. on my website. Yep, we uh, we have them highlighted on uh, the about page on christineforcongress.com, um, and it's a group of um, women who have varying degrees. They have tons of political experience. We added it all up. Uh, not too long ago, and we've worked on 37 different political campaigns between us. So, wow. yeah, we've got a lot of experience and a lot of energy and a lot of great ideas, and they have been fabulous. I could not ask for a better team. Well, I'm a run. I'm on the website right now. I went to exactly where you said about mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. about the campaign, and we have Miss Jaquita Wilson, who's the campaign manager. We have Michelle. Sedano, Sedano. Mm-hmm. She's the deputy campaign manager. We have Laura Gonzalez, who's the com director. Uh, apparently, the bomb com director. <laughs> yes, the bomb. And then we have <laughs> Renee Schalk as the volunteer mm-hmm. coordinator. Tiffany Harrison as the finance director, and Taryn. That's Casabon. a tough one. Casabon as the creative director mm-hmm. as well. So wow, this mm-hmm. is so you're really taking you're really taking the 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 all female push on on this campaign. <laughs> And I, yeah, you know. I, I mean, it's, it, 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 I've probably said this a million times, but it boggles my mind that in 2020, we are still trying to get women into the positions in which men have been for years. Someone said, yep. I was watching one of the Trump, one of the, one of the co- uh, comedy specials where they're walking through Trump rally campaigns. And someone said, so you don't want a woman to be president? No, no, no. They get too temperamental. You don't never know when they're going to create war. And the guy said, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, you know, men have started war always. And Mm -hmm. the look on this person's face just instantly was like, uh, well, (laughs) and I, I really, I really applaud what you're doing. Um, I honestly did not know that you had an all female staff, which is just impressive and I guess we'll close on this. Again, I'm Ryan with ATXML Podcast. Today we have Dr. Christine Mann, doctor running for cre- uh, president, president, <laughs> running for president, uh, president. Oh, Lord, look at me. I'm going to have to edit all this shit out. She'll be president one day, but she's running for TX31 to try and unseat John Carter in the House of Representatives. 
And I wanted to ask you one more question to put you on the spot as far as Biden saying that he was going to go with a woman for VP. Thoughts? I mean, I'm glad. Um, And there are a number of women candidates that are great. I am incredibly sad that we didn't end up with a female nominee, Bernie Sanders notwithstanding, but... I voted for um, Warren. I, I'm going to throw that out there. Awesome. I, I put I put my <laughs> eggs in the basket for Warren. <laughs> and, you know, uh, if we if we have a woman VP, I think that that's fabulous. Um, there are, like I said, there are a number who were running for president that I think would be great. I'm just sad that they couldn't be the top of the ticket. Yes, ma'am. Um, but we'll we'll take that spot for now. And uh, next time we're going to we're going to be at the top of the ticket. I mean, Klobuchar, Warren. Say what you want about Gabbard, but it was it was just very nice. It was man, it was so refreshing to turn on the TV to the to a debate, which I know most debates people are just like, yeah, f that. I've got to go play something on Facebook or something. And right. I I I gotta say that, and I said it in my one of my last podcasts is that politics is the best reality TV show. I mean, not uh, Trump was standing it, like take him out. It's still it's still this it's very, very interesting to watch the backdoor deals and everything that's in front of you. And then this happened over here and it's all connected like this. And it's just it's nuts. And I highly recommend anybody listening today to pay more attention to your local government, because yeah. those are the people that have a real, real impact on what you do day to day. The federal level, yeah, that's, I mean, everyone pays attention to the federal level because that's like, that's, that's the NASCAR of, of, of politics. So what we're trying to do is get a focus on the local, the state level, and to make sure that you understand the people that are representing you on a day-to-day basis, like, like the doctor is doing, she's, she wants to represent you and she wants to take that, your voice and your grievances to the, to the Capitol Hill and say, listen, my people in Williamson and Bell County say this. Let's fix it. So I I applaud you. Where's my applaud button? There it is. <laughs> I I greatly appreciate what you're doing. And I like you said, I know that taking the L back in 2018 was kind of tough, but you have to lose to win. And I feel yep. that most of my successes have come whenever I was down in the dumps. I was looking at it from the wrong angle because my, my, my judgment was clouded. And I know that you are going to do very well in the upcoming election. And I wish you nothing but the best. Well, I I appreciate that. And I appreciate you having me on. I just want to echo your sentiments on local elections. Uh, They're not fun or sexy, but they are so, so (laughs) definitely not sexy. (laughs) Yeah. So critical. But I mean, if you really want to get into the weeds, you can go as low as city council meetings and go, go, go to the public hearing if you have one and let them know what's on the agenda or what you'd like to talk about on the agenda. Because with my partner, Christopher Crow, who is just a beast when it comes to making <laughs> sure that the message gets out, he is like, like, you know, again, we are abiding by the social distancing policies and our studio is at his house upstairs. Now, technically, we probably could get away with being in person because our microphones are six <laughs> more than six feet apart, but there's still that chance. And mm-hmm. he is taking care of his family up north from time to time. And they're a little bit older. So I don't want to put one of my best friends in that pre- presumptive 
situation of of questioning and the wonder and the fear because you know Trump said it it's it's a it's 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 the silent the invisible war that we're fighting and it's but it's not just today it's it's every day every day there are viruses and bacteria that we do not know about that we don't understand like the coronavirus now we don't have a vaccine so that's why we have to flatten the curve and social distance and we we just have to we have to you know it's a real gut check and we have to take the time and really understand that 30 to 45 days of unemployment equals less less deaths overall and time to give medical professionals like yourself the time to treat and come up with a solution to this problem so again social distance wash your hands sing happy birthday twice if you can and just be mindful because you're not just protecting yourself you're protecting everybody else yep that's right so final thoughts before we get out of here miss christine yeah, you know, stay at home and, you know, we're going to have to just uh, accept that that's our lives right now. And we're doing that to save other people's lives, just like what you said. So stay home, stay safe. Don't touch your face. Wear a mask when you're in closed spaces. Cough into your elbow and go to the hospital if you have trouble breathing. Well, there you heard it from an actual doctor, a legitimate doctor. Oh, one thing I forgot to ask. Um, how yeah. long have you been practicing medicine? 20, I think it's going on 22 years now. There you go. 22 years of experience. I would trust her versus WebMD any day. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thank you very much. <laughs> this has been Ryan with the ATXMO podcast. And we had Dr. Christine Mann on today, who is a local doctor here in Cedar Park and works in her own practice, helping on the front lines. And she is also equally as important running for TX31 to unseat John Carter, the Republican current seat holder. And we just want to get him swapped out. No, no offense to him. I've never met him in person, but I've seen how things are going here. And I feel in my heart that you are the best person for the job. And I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye.